0: He had promised himself time and time again that he'd move the bed, but somehow it never got done, for it meant rearranging all the furniture, and that would take a full afternoon of time. He could not afford that, for Saturday afternoon he always spent at the pub, and Sunday afternoon he spent sleeping off Saturday afternoon. So the simplest thing was to move the children into the attic while he and Mama took the dark bedroom downstairs. Once Rowie and Delure had had a little brother, Thady. When he was six and Rowie nine and Delure two, he had been sent out onto the footpath to play, for the backyard was too small and dirty and sunless. And he had just disappeared. Nothing was ever heard of him again. No one had seen a man or woman leading him off, or a car carry him away. There was just a little box cart left lying on the roadway, and that was all. Huey had rampaged round the streets and through the alleyways like a madman. He had accompanied the police as they patrolled the sewers. Grim-lipped and devil-faced, he had sworn that God and he would never be friends while the agony and mystery of Thady's disappearance hung over them. But Mama had never given up hope. She often stood at the gates of boys' schools, looking and looking, adding the slow years to Thady's stature— and maturity to his round little face. It was ten years since he had disappeared. Delore did not remember him at all, and Rowie only a little, but he was a living presence in that house. He was like a ghost who is not dead. In the other attic rooms, which Mama let furnished for seven and sixpence a week each, lived Mr. Patrick Diamond and Miss Shearley, Mr. Diamond was a real Irishman, born in Ireland, an orangeman who was friendly with Hughie and liked all the Darcys, except on St. Patrick's Day, when his orange blood boiled up and he called them all Pope worshippers and mommers and stamped upstairs and slammed the door and banged on the wall if Rowey or Delua gave as much as a squeak. He had been christened Patrick in error by a gin-bemused neighbour, and all his life it had been a cross to him and a confusion to his friends. But his pride and his stubbornness forbade his changing it to William or James, much as he would have liked to. Miss Sheely was a tiny, thin woman, as bitter as a draught of alum water, with a parchment face and subtle black eyes. She had been well-educated, and consequently Mamma always felt a little shy of her. Hughie tended to become rumbustious, just to prove that he was as good as she was, and a damn sight better. But he liked her more than the others did. Rowie and Delore were a little bit frightened of her. It seemed to them that Miss Sheely, with her piercing eyes and bird-like, sophisticated voice, knew a world wider than theirs. It would not have surprised them if she had one day thrown open her attic window and darted out on a broom over the narrow canyon of Plymouth Street and into the maze of alleyways which makes up the hills. The funny thing about Miss Shearley was that nobody knew her Christian name or had even seen her initial. When she left a note pinned to the door for the Iceman or the Butcher's Boy, she always signed it Miss Shearley. Rowie and Delore and Mama often had guessing competitions about Miss Sheely's name, but nobody had ever proved her guess correct. Delore thought that Agnes or Amy was most likely, and Rowie said scornfully that Belle or Grace was right up Miss Sheely's alley, seeing that neither fitted. But Mama, with the stubborn and unpredictable romanticism that she sometimes displayed, voted for Stella. "'Oh, Mama, fancy Stella!' cried Rowie. Why the Dickens should she have a name like that? Because she's a lady, said Mama obstinately, and although both Rowie and Delure, as well as the rest of Plymouth Street, knew that this could not possibly be so, they did not dare say anything, for Mama hated the mere mention of illegitimacy. So they could not quote Johnny as an argument against Miss Sheely's ladyhood. For Johnny Sheely, The poor unfortunate, with his crooked back and great square box of a head, was Miss Sheely's son, and she did not make the slightest attempt to hide it. Johnny, she would scream down the stairs, Johnny, where are you? And to Mr. Diamond, who might emerge across the landing just then, have you seen that great lump of a son of mine, Mr. Diamond? Johnny, sitting.